0: It's gonna be there. Reggie's gonna be there too. Betty's gonna be there. Veronica will be there.
1: You and me will be there too. I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie. Da 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 da
0: da 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 da.
1: We're running races.
0: That's right, we're a Riverdale Recap Podcast, here to talk about Chapter 107, Into the Fog. Ooh. By Chrissy Maroon, directed by Jeff Woolnaugh. Woolnaugh, I never know.
1: I don't know. Jeff. Jeffy Jeff. Let's go with that.
0: (laughs) My best friend Jeff.
1: This episode starts with Jughead. Like always, giving us that narration. And then this one, he lets us know that the weather reports were grim, but but they had a more dire situation to deal with, and that was the fucking apocalypse.
0: He's very worried about Percival summoning the apocalypse.
1: You know, I think the apocalypse is a more dire situation than any weather report. But Tom
0: Skilling never tells me about it, you know? He tells me about barometric pressure and dew points.
1: I'm sure if there was an apocalypse, Tom Skilling actually would tell you about it. He
0: would be the person I trust most to tell me about a a foreseen apocalypse.
1: Yeah, yeah. He would be like, hey, you know what? Yellowstone erupted, and here's how it's going to affect us. I'm going to give you a very scientific report on how the winds are moving and how we're fucked.
0: Nothing is quite as touching as seeing your favorite weatherman, your, your favorite meteorologist, move to tears by uh the the solar eclipse
1: and that is why i will absolutely be going to the zone of totality for the next solar eclipse (laughs) that is happening is because he has inspired me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he is the man i watched for extra credit for an entire session of my meteorology course in college (laughs) and i will live and die for that man
0: so our super crew (laughs) is is meeting at at betty's house And they're putting together a plan to overthrow the Council of Four. Yes. A coup de town, as Jughead calls it.
1: Uh, They're talking about how they need to get everyone on their side if they're going to do this.
0: They name all of the named characters of their generation.
1: And here's the thing. While this is happening, I am questioning the fact that this meeting is taking place in Betty's home that she shares with Alice, a member... Of the town council that they want to have a coup with.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One and one of Percival's most trusted minions.
1: Yes. And as as I'm thinking all this, well, wouldn't you know it? Alice is sneaking the funk out of the house. They're very
0: bad at this.
1: If, if- Archie lives next door. Not also a great choice because Frank, <laughs> Frank, Frank lives with it. him. Yeah, yeah. But like, check when your family's at work. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Their, their plan, which Alice overhears, is to, to have this big meeting to to really speak publicly at Pops, which is consecrated ground and, and insulated from the foul magics of Percival Pickens.
1: Yes. Uh, so she she sneaks out and she goes and has a meeting with Percival to be like, hey, this is what's going down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're planning to overthrow the town and take over. And he's like, mm, I'm getting so tired of this. Like, <laughs> people just need to do what I want them to do and stop with this bullshit. Mm-hmm, and she's mm-hmm. like, well, um, you know, I got a plan. The weather girl is out, but she's been like going on about this fog, calling it the wrath of God.
0: And maybe we use that to our advantage. Like what? Why? Okay. For the rest of this episode... People are going to talk about fog as if it's dangerous in contexts other than driving. Like, this fog is unnaturally, supernaturally, disturbingly thick. You cannot see shit anywhere. It pours into people's homes and, and other buildings. Yes, but it's just wet air. Yeah. It's not dangerous.
1: The only thing fog will do is make it unsafe to travel. But, like, you're fine.
0: (laughs) So so the next scene is Alice hyping up this fog uh, on the news to the point that everyone sitting in booths at Pops gets up and leaves for fear of fog.
1: Well, you know, when she's saying that this dense fog... Uh, reminds everyone of the great fog of 1922 that took over the town a hundred years ago. That
0: classic hundred year fog. Everyone knows. It's the 17 year cicadas. It's the hundred year fog.
1: And because of this there's an emergency curfew. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she ends the broadcast by saying, close your windows and vents. Bring in your pets. Hug your loved ones. It's
0: wet air. Lady, it's wet air.
1: It's not going to come your vents unless you have a really badly built place (laughs) like if it's coming in you should get an inspection
0: this scene is the first time i I took the time to notice that uh pops offers blueberry milkshakes though and you don't see that every day
1: that is weird that is weird yeah it's
0: vanilla chocolate strawberry blueberry right there on the sign
1: i don't know if i'd want a blueberry milkshake Well, here's the question, too. Would it be blue or purple? You never know with blueberries. Because is it fake blueberry, which will be more blue? Or is it going to be purple because it will be real blueberries? This
0: is Pop's Chocolate Shop. That's real blueberry.
1: Still, I don't (laughs) I feel like I just feel like I'm drinking, like, yogurt.
0: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So over at Babylonium, Veronica is closing up shop. You know, the the declaration of a curfew has emptied the place out. There's no reason to to waste uh, money on having staff there, I
1: guess. Yeah. So she's told everyone, go home. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Betty is at work with a very old-timey but current FBI desk calendar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know what, how you order the paper to make it look like it's 50 years old, but the, <laughs> the current year and days of the month. She cut her hair. Was her hair should this short in the past episode? I don't I, think so.
0: I think this is the debut of shoulder-length Betty.
1: Yeah, it's much shorter.
0: What do we think? Do we like it? I like it. I'd also I also th- like it. I
1: think it's good.
0: I think it works better for her than having her long hair down. Yes, they they wanted to to distance Betty from the the iconic ponytail ever since the time skips so much, but it just cutting the hair does that a lot better and looks cuter.
1: I think it is one of those things that makes her look look very different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like. They should have done it from the start because it would have, I think, more successfully kind of showed like the age jump. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And it also makes her look so much more different from her mother in quick trailer size cuts.
1: Yes, because, oh, my (laughs) God, if they have to dress the same, they can't have like the same haircut. (laughs) Agent lady forgot her name, uh, but who's like a semi regular here, uh, Mm -hmm, rushes mm. in and she's like, hey, this other woman escaped TBK just like you. And Betty's like, I want to talk to her. And that is the last we'll hear of that for the entire episode. <laughs> FYI. I guess we're circling back to that next week.
0: So Kevin runs into Tony at school, the place where they both work yeah. sometimes at some of their jobs.
1: Yes. And uh, she's like, hey, what you doing? And he's like, I got some going to that meeting that Archie called. And she's like, hey, you want to come over for dinner beforehand so we can talk about baby Anthony?
0: Mm hmm, mm hmm. Tony's plan is to resolve this custody issue before it goes to the courts. And so she wants to just, just handle this calmly and quietly without having to involve a judge's orders.
1: And Kevin's like, You're serpents. What do we have to talk about? Mm hmm, mm hmm. And she's like, Well, uh, I seem to remember that you like to go cruising. Mm -hmm. So, I'm not really uh, sure about you being his primary guardian, since you seem to like risky situations.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's one thing to have anonymous sex, it's another thing to have nearly died for it as many times as Kevin Keller has. Yes.
1: So she's like, 6.30, sounds good, yeah, Kissy. you then.
0: This is a real escalation, like, we've seen so many ship wars over the the course of the show, but to introduce fandom to custody wars.
1: It's a one.
0: It's a new kind of discourse.
1: It's 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 strange. Um, I don't I don't really like it. It's there's nothing fun about this. No, actually, <laughs> nothing no. fun. So so meanwhile, over at Thornhill, there's a knock on the door, and guess who it is? It's Mumsy.
0: Penelope has arrived in her
1: Sisters of Quiet Mercy garb. Yes. I was right.
0: Yes. She is petitioning to join the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. See,
1: see after she got banished yes. by Cheryl. She
0: began to she, travel the world.
1: And she ended up in the Himalayas.
0: As you do, as part of the world.
1: And that is where the the origin place of the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, surprisingly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she stumbled across upon them. And uh has been um hanging out at their convent, and she is ready to to take her her pledge and join them and this so- is her last weekend to make things right, to tie up her affairs.
0: So are we thinking that the Sisters of Quiet Mercy were founded as, like, a mission to the Himalayas? Like, they have a Christian history in, in uh, that part of Asia? Or are we thinking this is a hint that their true god is, is one of the elder things from beyond time?
1: So it should be that they're assholes who are definitely trying to, like, colonize places and shit. Mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. definitely going to be the other option because we have to go to the extreme.
0: But also, if, if their, like, central convent is in the Himalayas, are they martial arts nuns? Are, are they combat <laughs> ninja sisters?
1: Or can they just climb mountains really well?
0: <laughs> is Penelope going through Batman's origin story? I must know. Please tell me.
1: Oh, no. Uh, but Cheryl's like, wait, what the fuck? They're letting in you and all the things you are?
0: How do you solve a problem like Penelope?
1: Forgiveness.
0: A flippity gibbet, a will-o'-the-wisp, a clown. <laughs> I think you know that Penelope's not too serious. When she only does three quarters the sign of the cross, she just, that last flick of the wrist, she just doesn't really go for it.
1: Father, son, ghost, no holy,
0: (laughs) the unholy ghost, the
1: unholy ghost. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So she's there because she's trying to finish up her business before she takes her vows, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, she is there to get to wrap things up with Cheryl. Uh, Cheryl is. She she wants Cheryl's forgiveness. That's the whole thing, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and she's like, "I have something for you," but oh, I am so weary from my travels and hungry. Won't thou let me stay for dinner? Gerald's like, fine.
0: I guess. I won't let you starve to death while I watch. My shows are on.
1: Uh, so, over at Pops, Jughead and Tabitha are there, but no one else. The diner is empty because everyone is preparing for the fog. The
0: fog of the century.
1: And so, Jughead's like, hey, I want to talk to you about something. You can time travel now. <laughs>
0: Jughead is asking for a favor, specifically stopping the bomb so that his eardrums don't get destroyed, so that he can actually hear.
1: And he specifically really misses the sound of burgers sizzling. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And she's like, "I've tried. It's a fixed point. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. No, no, no." Uh, and he's what? like, "Okay, well, if you can't like stop it from going off, how about I get about getting me out of the garage?" She's like, no, it's too risky.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What must it feel like to be told that you have to undergo a debilitating injury because the entire fabric of the the universe rests upon it?
1: Probably frustrating. (laughs) I'd imagine that's frustrating. Like, why? Why?
0: When they touch on Jughead's actual deafness, even though he has figured out a kludge to, you know, work around... One aspect of it. He can still understand people. Mm -hmm. It really points out how frustrating this plot is because first episode, that one episode, pretty good. Reasonably good. The best you could expect from network television. Yeah. But then we're just, eh, whatever.
1: Would have been really nice to carry it on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... Even if he's going about keeping it a secret from like the general public, he and Tabitha could still be like learning sign language and communicating that way.
0: What's up with his life coach? Does he still even talk to that guy? Has he totally arrested his his path down this new life he has? Uh, I just hear voices now. Don't worry about it. Is he sweeping it under the rug as much as the show almost is? Until it reminds us in these moments that really reveal how frustrating that can be.
1: Meanwhile, uh, the fog is rolling into town and...
0: And there's fog music! And
1: we see the Riverdale sign, but then the fog makes the lights go out. Yeah,
0: this is going to happen a lot of times and everyone will act like that's normal. Like fog knocks people's power out.
1: Okay. The only way this would happen is if there's that much moisture and your wiring system is that bad that the moisture messes with it.
0: Are we expecting a bunch of people to just, like, go off the road and happen to have their cars run into, like, power transformers and things?
1: All I can say with all this is if the all these electrical things are this bad... <laughs> Frank and Archie have a lot to answer <laughs> for as like the only handyman in the town.
0: Yeah, everyone expects the power to go out because they, they are not working up to code around here.
1: Uh, so meanwhile, over at Betty's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, steps outside her front door and the fog is so thick.
0: It's so thick that she can barely make out this visible man shape down the street.
1: And she gets very freaked out, so she goes back inside, locks the door, goes out the back door, and goes over to Archie's. And When she gets over there, Archie is hanging up the phone, uh, finding out that they've canceled the meeting for tonight because everyone's freaked the fuck out.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Betty tells him about the man shape, and he's like, do I get to beat someone up, please? And she says no, and he says, okay.
1: <laughs> so instead, they make out, mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh dang, we finally going to have a sexy episode because no. we haven't had a sexy episode in so long. No.
0: Three couples have sex in this episode and all we see is smooching.
1: Do I get any sexy scenes with imagined dragons and and counters? No. What I get is we're smooching. Now we're cuddling in bed.
0: There are at least three shirtless people, but no one is doing anything sexy. They're just being visible.
1: What the fuck? And and that's
0: different. That's different. Is
1: it because the show's now on on Sunday? We can't have sexy time?
0: <laughs> this is the Lord's Day. We, we merely hang out in, in our satin undies.
1: So, apparently they had sex.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And they cuddled. You know and, how
0: the fog gets me all hot and bothered.
1: And, and she's all like, you know, what are we doing, Archie? Or like, are we dating?
0: Nothing gets me uh, uh, hotter than when it's kind of clammy out.
1: And he's like, I don't know, but I love us together. And she's like, well, that's good because I'm late.
0: (laughs) Oh, for the meeting at Pops, no. We're going to talk about periods. (laughs) Strapping kids.
1: And he's like, wait, are we always safe? And she's like, well, not that one time.
0: Except that one time means no. That's what that means. (laughs) And And he's like,
1: aren't you on birth control? And I'm like, maybe this is a conversation you should have had before. (laughs)
0: Especially before that one time. What what? 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 And she used to be, but because she didn't, you know, have her pills with her in in uh TBK's dirt hole, she she interrupted her schedule and then just never got back around to it in what? The months, the many months. That was in the middle of the time skip.
1: I mean, honestly, my worst fears about being kidnapped <laughs> would be Losing a medication, such as going off that. Because then you're getting your fucking period, well, kidnapped. And that's like a fuck shit show to deal with.
0: Maybe the dirt pit had had good timing, you know.
1: Also, contacts. They're only good for so long. (laughs) And then I can't fucking see my kidnappers. How would I fucking (laughs) escape? I'm freaking blind. (laughs) Biggest fear in the world is being kidnapped for too long that my contacts are no longer wearable. <laughs> and it's especially bad if they're not like really nice and considerate and offer me a little contact case for overnight. Because then we do have to ditch them after like 24 hours. Because my eyes will be dried out and I'm going to get a bacterial infection and like lose my sight.
0: There's probably a lot of bacteria down in the dirt hole. So that's that's a reasonable fear.
1: Being kidnapped is worse for a girl. <laughs> and people who can't see well. So there.
0: You know how every girl wears contacts.
1: People who get periods and people who can't see. Because here's the other thing. Your kidnappers might break your glasses. Your kidnappers well.
0: might break your glasses. And then you're fucked. Yeah,
1: yeah. Or what if they like, I don't know, if they're kidnapping you out of your bed. They're okay. not going to stop and grab your glasses for you.
0: I'm imagine- Okay, I'm, I'm imagining I'm in bed. I'm getting kidnapped. What are you doing while I'm getting kidnapped out of our bed? I want want to be able to picture this. I'm asleep. Okay. Moki, what are you doing?
1: Cuddling me.
0: Okay. Does anyone care that I'm being kidnapped out of this bed?
1: No. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, they're having a nice little conversation here. As that has happened, of course, the lights go fucking out.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they go get the candles. Everybody has candles because this town is full of cults. Everybody's got candles. (laughs) Here's
1: what pisses me off is everyone has like... What pisses me off is everyone has an assortment of pillar candles, but no one has an assortment of three-scented wick candles, which Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. like, in reality... What everyone has. Like if we lost power and had no batteries and any of our lights and stuff.
0: It would be a a big mix of sense. It going would be on. so
1: fucking smelly in here. <laughs> but man, I could bright this place up like a fucking rave.
0: It would be cool if, you know, when we when we got to Tony and Fang's place, instead of a bunch of candles, they just had like various battery-powered camping lights and tap lights. Just just some variety, some texture to the set design. Right?
1: What it would really look like if where you have literally every different type of thing you could have. Yes, yes. You got that scented candle. You got that tap light. You you got that random flashlight with like a cup on it to try to make it like a lamp. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no. We all apparently love pillar candles. So we got we to go check in with Tabitha, who's mm-hmm, talking mm-hmm. to Pop on the phone. And she's reassuring him that they're totally fine. And then she gets off the phone And she thinks, what am I going to do when I lose him? And Jughead immediately is like, Pop Tate's going to outlive us all. It's totally fine. Like, what are you talking about?
0: And this, Jughead, we've talked about this. It is an invasion of privacy to just up and read my mind out of nowhere like that.
1: How is he supposed to know? When he's allowed to and when he's not. (laughs) He cannot fucking hear you.
0: This is
1: the only way you are communicating with him.
0: She's got to slap the countertop so he can feel the vibration so he knows he's supposed to pay attention.
1: I don't know. Maybe you could learn sign language or something. Mm -hmm. Which especially... I'm going to really hold to that because then she goes off about how it's an invasion of privacy and like, he can't do this and he really needs to control himself. Then I don't know. Find out another way to communicate with your boyfriend.
0: (laughs) What the fuck? What the fuck?
1: So back over with Archie and Betty.
0: Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Since they've broached the topic of BTK, uh, Archie finally, TBK. Archie finally has questions and it it turns out the K stands for Confessions.
1: So he's like, like how, how did you escape? We get a flashback and her explaining how she got out, which is this one night it was different. TBK was all like going off about how they were kindred spirits. They were bosom buddies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how, you know, they're very much the same. And that um, if she dismembered this body, she would just let her go. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. then they would definitely be kindred spirits but if she refused he would kill her
0: so he hands her the like A, electric, the electric carving turkey knife carver.
1: it's amazing and i've
0: never used one of those i've never seen them used outside of thanksgiving contexts nope it seems like the perfect thing th- that that just l- sits in your drawer, taking up space 364 days a year. Yes. <laughs> the ultimate useless kitchen gadget. Yes. So really, we should be congratulating TBK. Because he's finding
1: new uses for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He's
0: he's making Alton Brown proud.
1: And so she's like, you know, I, I so I did it. I did it and I carved it up and he let me go. And like, here's my thing with this.
0: The, he's like the dismemberment of a of a dead body.
1: He's like this dismemberment makes us kindred spirits. You are just as evil as me. He's already dead. The body's already dead. Betty is not being asked to kill someone. She is just dismembering a body.
0: Really, he should be best friends with Doctor Curdle Jr.
1: And here's the thing: if I'm off, like given the alternate, what if it
0: is Doctor Curdle Jr.
1: I don't think he has muscles that.
0: Big. Yeah, they are to- totally different frames. They're very of man.
1: big muscles, because he had like sleeveless, and I was like, "Dang, TBK works out those arms." Not holding off on arm day. But if I was after I was kidnapped and blind, because my contacts, you know, had to be thrown away.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're cramping.
1: <laughs> well, cramping could be very moody. If I was told, "Hey, if you dismember this body, I'll let you go." Or if you don't, I will kill you. (laughs) Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to carve that dude up like a turkey.
0: Well, yeah, and that's why (laughs) Betty did it. I don't think it proves anything to anyone but he himself in his own diseased mind.
1: I'm just so confused by this logic. And honestly, Betty seems very ashamed of it. And I'm like... (laughs) Girl, that was not, like, a choice. That was obvious. Like, yeah, okay, see ya.
0: Well, yeah, that's the difference between you and Betty. This would be your go-to story at your next dinner party. <laughs> that's you. We <laughs> all know my that's you. at next work
1: meeting and they're like, hey, two truths and a lie. <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, that's the lie. I'm going to be like, no, it's not, bitches.
0: <laughs> so, so we come out and... Apparently, this is a romantic moment because this has really brought Betty and Archie closer together than ever. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Because he's all like, you know, sometimes I uh, I sit here and I think about everything that's happened, and I wonder about like why I want to save the soul of Riverdale. He
0: he assures her that her mind was not oh, I dismembered. Forgot about, I forgot about that. part. She's <laughs> a great line. You're not dismembered, Betty. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so he comforts her, and then he talks about, like, the solar Riverdale, and how, like, he wants to live here. And it's not just for him, but because he wants to raise a family here, and that's something he's realized. And I'm like, Archie, you totally said that in, like, four episodes. Yeah. Like, it's not new. You just realized it?
0: I think he was saying that as a teen, that he wanted to raise a family yes. here one day.
1: <laughs> and he's like, but, like, what I'm saying is is, you know, when we go to the convenience store tomorrow after the fog lifts and gets a, get a pregnancy test. I'll do whatever you want to do, no matter what it says.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's, he's being... He's
1: being very he's, nice.
0: He's doing good. He's being the good boy. It's very
1: nice. It's very sincere. This
0: is Archie the good boy. We like this Archie.
1: It's just a little weird after the previous conversation.
0: But if but if there's going to be so much business in this set, in this house, for this amount of screen time, where's Bingo? Bring me the Bingo. I wish to see him.
1: Hanging out with Frank.
0: Yeah, where's Frank in the middle of the We don't see Frank all week.
1: Hanging out with Bingo.
0: Hanging out with Bingo?
1: At, with Alice next door.
0: Okay. Uh, Alice okay. was next door though. They split up. Maybe Frank was the big silhouette in the street. That doesn't get followed up by the way. Yeah, we
1: don't circle back on that at all. At I guess that will be next week with uh If ever. Uh so over at the casino, uh Veronica has poured herself a drink. And Reggie's coming by because he's cleaned out his locker. And, he's, and he
0: don't give a shit about no curfew. He's getting his box of desk belongings.
1: Um, and she's like, hey, why don't you have a drink? And he's like, I don't think I should drink and drive, especially in fog.
0: Reggie, the most sensible man <laughs> in town. <laughs> Actually,
1: yes, you're correct. Uh, and she's like, well, why don't we play poker? And he's like, I've been playing poker all day with the wise guys. And she's like, well, what about strip poker?
0: Do they play that? Yes. I hate it. It's the worst. <laughs>
1: it's really awkward when my dad participates. It's
0: somehow worse to l- win than to lose. Oh.
1: <laughs> and then the lights go out.
0: hmm mm-hmm.
1: And of course, she's like, oh, I have candles.
0: She has name brand designer candles to fill a commercial business.
1: <laughs> so meanwhile, uh, Jughead's asking Tabitha if they have um, hoses Mm-hmm. So he can siphon gas
0: He wants to siphon gas out of his car So he can power a gas powered generator To get, you know, some some lights and whatnot up in pops Yes But he's also found the old battery-powered ham radio in the back Which we will recognize from Tabitha using it as uh, uh, Betty's sting spotter out on the Lonely Highway last season
1: Yes And she's like, oh yeah, that I don't know why we have that <laughs> So, so back over at the casino, they have played quite a bit of poker because both They're of them- They're
0: entering the end game, shall we say.
1: Uh, Veronica is in the lead and she's like, okay, give me those boxers mantle. But then she's like, oh, we could just kiss <laughs> or do both. What romantic
0: sweet talk. Give me them boxers mantle.
1: <laughs> she has a
0: real w- way with words.
1: Yeah. But then she's like, oh, we could just kiss or like, or like both.
0: And Reggie finds it difficult to perform under the gazeful watch of of oil-painted Hiram.
1: As Veronica's like sitting on his lap, they're mm-hmm, both mm-hmm. practically naked. She's like making out with his neck and Hiram's just staring him down. <laughs> and he's like, can we please go somewhere else?
0: He suggests they retire to, to one of the champagne suites. You know, where Percival
1: lives? Do you think they bumped into him on the way?
0: Yeah, yeah at the ice machine? Yeah.
1: They obviously had some sexy time that mm-hmm. we don't get to fucking see.
0: They're making up. Aww.
1: Uh, And she's all like, you know, I think we might have broken up too hastily. And he's like, you broke up with me. Yeah. It was your choice.
0: You You, you dumped me. You accused me of theft. And then you dumped me.
1: She's like, well, maybe I was wrong.
0: In front of my dad. <laughs>
1: And so she suggests they start over, Mm -hmm, and he mm -hmm. likes this idea, and they they have a little moment.
0: And they start to do the Sears air conditioner commercial, but instead of calling Sears, it's about getting rid of that painting. Yeah. You said you'd do it yesterday.
1: Okay, get rid of that painting. Okay, I will. Do it now. What do you mean now? (laughs) Because otherwise you won't do it, but I said I would do it. Well, if you don't do it now, it'll never happen.
0: And this spins out into a whole... Once again, like with her father's death They're bringing a lot of the uh, 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 things that I, uh, I find difficult about Veronica Into the explicit text Which is appreciated But that's not the same thing as fixing it Yeah What is happening in this argument is basically the idea that Veronica cannot maintain a relationship beyond the physical Wow, what a shock
1: Reggie's all like, you know, I'm I'm tired of being a, a consolation prize. Like, I always felt second to Archie. And she's like, duh, like, I broke up with Archie
0: because mm-hmm, he mm-hmm.
1: picked Riverdale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I want to live in New York. He picked Riverdale. He didn't pick New York.
0: And the only reason she's not living in New York right now is because enough people think she murdered her husband, which she did.
1: Yes. <laughs> He's like, well, okay, in your perfect world, if you were in New York, who would be there with you? And she's like, I told you, Archie broke up with, like, I broke up with him. Like, no, you were supposed to say me.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was a
1: really easy answer.
0: (laughs) You weren't supposed to say Archie would never. You were supposed to say, you want me to be there.
1: Reggie brings up the fact that this is just like a toxic cycle and how she's being like her parents... And she's like, well, I'm not like my mom. He's like, no, you're exactly like your dad. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And, and Reggie also sees his own parents' relationship in their relationship, which is why it won't work. We've and never really seen his mom. Not since the jingle jangle days have we seen his yeah. mom.
1: But he's like, we're, we're both at fault here. Like, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is just not going to work.
0: A- apparently, she was a, a career driven woman that never had time for the family. Apparently. Apparently. Except that one time that she yelled at him in, I think, Betty's living room. Maybe. It was very early season two.
1: Yeah. Uh, So he leaves. Um, He's going to get his stuff and go. And this ain't happening. But what? it's like very like coming to terms, both of them, and like sad and like accepting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not like mean or upset with each other.
0: So now that Veronica has lost everything that's part of her little pocket of the show. Yeah. Except for Babylonium itself. I'm hoping, I'm hoping this means she gets absorbed back into the rest of it just so she has something to do.
1: That'd be nice.
0: That, that is what I hope this means. That'd be cool. But before we move on, I have to ask, does the Champagne Suite look like a place you would want to spend time in? Not really. No! No! No, no. Like the colors are fine—the the green and the black marble. It's not for me, but it's okay. But like,
1: it makes me think of arrow.
0: Just the furniture design in general is very bad. Yeah, I don't. I I certainly wouldn't spend money to be there. Good lord,
1: it's very dark. It's they fr- need lamps.
0: Well, the power is out.
1: <laughs> okay, they need more candles. <laughs> Uh, so meanwhile, uh, Kevin is finishing up some grading at school.
0: Yeah, he got stranded there by the fog, and he's having flashbacks to all the the episodes that Kevin was a major part in. They're very old episodes, and it doesn't take long.
1: (laughs) And here's the thing, is the majority of them are, like, a lot of hookups that didn't actually mean anything and, like, cruising in the woods.
0: Some of which came with a, a significant physical danger.
1: But the first one they show is him and Joaquin making out at the <laughs> drive-in, which actually turned into a very loving and nice relationship. Mm-hmm. And the only- that was like desperately separated with very tragic ends.
0: And the only one in physical danger there was Archie. Eventually, when Joaquin stabbed him in the gut. Yes. Yes.
1: And like it took a while. Like it took it was a long nice. while. Like that. It was good! That was not from, like, danger times! It was a
0: real, real outlier in the flashback journey.
1: This upsets me! Did they forget?
0: But as he's he's getting up and ready to go, uh, uh, the fog has summoned a specter, a ghost from the past. Who's that? It's Moose Mason!
1: Uh, he's gonna be the new PE teacher because I guess Archie finally fucking retired. And
0: probably three other jobs, I guess. I don't know. I, Archie was just football coach and RROTC
1: oh, oh, that's sponsor, true. I guess. So no one was doing PE, <laughs> I yeah, guess. They,
0: they turned the school private so you didn't have to be qualified, but even then Archie was still unqualified.
1: So Moose is all like, hey, like, can we catch up? It's It's been a long time. And he's like, oh no, no, I gotta go, well... The fog is awful out there. Why don't you at least wait for the fog to lift? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I can give it half an hour.
0: Yes, he, he has like a firm out for, for this uh, parent-teacher conference, but without the teachers. Even though two of the three of them are teachers.
1: Um, so meanwhile, uh, Tony is pouring a bowl of some tortilla chips, some Tostitos, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with that zoom-in on the bag.
0: When you talk to your uh, co-parent who you beca- who you began a romantic relationship after beginning your co-parenting journey, you want to have snacks. Yes, yes.
1: Um, and so she's like, "Hey, Fangs, we gotta get like on the same page before Kevin shows up." And Fangs is like, "Great." I want baby Anthony to be a serpent. I want him to learn how to fight and defend himself and stand up for what's right.
0: I want him to kick everybody's ass. I want
1: him to kill the ghoulies. (laughs) And she's like, I don't think you should say that. Also, all the ghoulies are dead.
0: They all got shot by cops. And if uh, uh, little Tony grows up to be an old-fashioned gang-type serpent, he's probably going to face a lot of violence from the cops. And Fangs points out uh, if he grows up to be a political advocate serpent, he's also going to get harassed a lot by the cops, Tony.
1: Thank you, Fangs.
0: Thank you, Fangs.
1: Thank you, Fangs.
0: Hey, Tony, did your grandpa ever say anything about what life was like for his best friends, the Black Panthers, back when he was a young man?
1: They chatted out and agree on their plan for handling things and they toast their margaritas and then the power goes out. And Fangs is like, I just paid the electric bill. (laughs) And Tony's like, no, it's probably the fog. At least Fangs thought of something real.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and something that talks to, like, they're trying to maintain this idea of class division between the casts, but... There really is the cartoon rich and everybody else Yes There is nothing that makes Fangs and Tony more broke than anyone else Except that they were originally introduced as Southside characters
1: Yeah And honestly, it kind of pisses me off Because, like, Tony's super successful Yeah She has a bar and a teaching position And it, like, town council, like, what? Mm -hmm. Lots Mm -hmm. of shit
0: And uh, uh, Fangs at least used to be trucking So that's three incomes Yeah in this town where everyone seems to be equally destitute, because unless you are cartoon rich, no one has any money from anything. Yes. They, they have jobs with no money, somehow.
1: Uh, so back at the school, Uh, Kevin is filling Moose in, then, you know, he's teaching, he's a part-time deputy, and Moose is like, what happened to Broadway? Nothing. <laughs>
0: Absolutely nothing. I'm not allowed to try because then I can't be in my contractually obligated minimum number of episodes.
1: Well, you never got back with things? No. No. And now I'm in this weird custody battle that makes everything really awkward and it's not fun to watch.
0: So Moose is like, Kevin, Kevin, let me level with you. I took this job so we could have sex.
1: (laughs) Well, and so Moose, Moose got laid off from trucking. When the Lonely Highway shut down. Excuse me, (laughs) when did the Lonely Highway fucking shut down? How did the
0: Lonely Highway shut down?
1: When did this happen? How? What? What? What did I miss? What episode was this fucking in?
0: Does the syrup get exported by barge? What do you mean they shut down the highway? I'm...
1: What? When did this happen? We're just, like, making shit up out of nowhere that we're like, <laughs> you know what? We cut that from the script, but we're still going to go with it. Yeah, are, are
0: deleted scenes canon or something? That's what this feels like.
1: I'm so fucking confused. And so so he's back in Riverdale uh, living with his dad because his dad's gotten out of jail?
0: Yes, and yes. Yeah. So, so he's they're helping each other out in this difficult time for the both of them.
1: And he's all like, you know, Kevin... I know I bailed on you when my dad dressed up as the Gargoyle King while we were having sex for the first time, but, like, I really want to have sex with you right now.
0: I imagine this is what he just got released from prison for.
1: <laughs> yes. This is,
0: what, a, a eight, nine-year prison term for, for impersonating the Gargoyle King?
1: Moose needs to practice his pickup lines because that's not it.
0: Yeah, because mentioning the the most horrible nightmare day of Kevin Keller's life, of all things. Okay, okay, he did get some of his organs removed by a different cult.
1: He was brainwashed during that, so that it doesn't, like, didn't seem that bad. Kind
0: of overlapping with that cult at the same time.
1: But, like, Kevin's just like, yeah, okay, let's fucking smooch. <laughs>
0: It's Kevin. He has self-destructive sexual urges. It's his one character note.
1: So then he... That
0: and he drinks
1: milk. <laughs> that's, that's his whole thing. So he texts Tony and Fangs and like, hey, I'm not gonna make it because of the fog. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and so we, we cross over to that scene where they receive that text and Fangs is clearly... Still very very hurt, like an open, painful wound. The way that Kevin walked out on him. Yes. And so he resolves to destroy the boy.
1: And Tony's like, I know beating the shit out of him would be good, but that will not solve anything.
0: They're they're really trying over the past few episodes, like ever since the the secret, you know, duffel bag of guns
1: to make Fangs to, this, to make like, Fangs
0: dangerous.
1: And it pisses me off because Fangs is like a really sweet nice goofy guy yeah his yeah. origin
0: like even when fangs was a background character just like mugging for camera time with yeah. sweet pea he wasn't dangerous sweet pea was dangerous in those early days yeah yeah but fangs was never dangerous they
1: were the goofs
0: but but now that you know the the plot is the future of the serpents, are we dangerous? Are we a dangerous gang again the way we haven't been since before Jughead joined? Or, or something else, he has to represent that. He has to be new tall boy, basically, for this plot to work.
1: Yeah, and it's annoying because he and Sweet Pea were were basically the fucking Smash Brothers. <laughs> from Mighty Ducks. Like, they yes. were fucking goofballs.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Sweet Pea was the goofball that always had the pipe bombs. But still. <laughs> but still. And yes, making him new tall boy also is also the reason they can't just, quote unquote, make it work with with baby Tony. And there is like a dynamic there and like it works in isolation. Uh, but, but taking it into the greater context, it's just a, a very sudden character jump that seems to come out of nowhere. I don't like it. I don't like it.
1: I don't like it. Because they could have him be super serious, super hurt, super protective. But they would need to focus it on baby Anthony and, like, his hurt over Kevin leaving them and abandoning them. hmm hmm But they're, like, focusing it all completely wrong on, like, guns and bombs.
0: On on violence. On
1: violence. And yeah. that's not, like... This is it's bad. It's
0: bad. So Tabitha is at Pops just listening to the ham radio in case anyone is, like, sending out an SOS message in a fog bottle.
1: And she hears like statically and broken up someone saying there's a under the bed and she's like do you need help
0: and this freaks her out so much she goes and grabs the shotgun out from under the bar to to rescue Jughead from his siphoning adventure
1: in the parking lot
0: just as he re-enters the door
1: and he's like but he like brushes his off and is like, "Well, it's okay. I got the gas. Let's go fill up the generator. Never mind the shotgun. Yeah." <laughs>
0: <laughs> de-, de-, de 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 de
1: Uh. So meanwhile, over at uh the school, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Fangs and Moose definitely just you know. Mm-mm.
0: They're they're rebuttoning, adjusting.
1: Uh, Kevin is going to go wash up.
0: So he walks out of the, the lounge into the hallways where the emergency lights make it look like a tunnel to hell.
1: Yes, they're just flashing. The fog is rolling in off. The
0: fog is nearly waist high.
1: I guess all the random open doors at the school <laughs> at night. It's, it's a one-in-a-century fog. It's really thick fog. And so he's in the bathroom washing his hands in this environment when he sees... The Gargoyle King silhouette in the stall.
0: Ah, but it's only a dream, and he wakes up in a fright. Ah,
1: and so Moose cuddles him for mm-hmm, comfort. Mm-hmm. And the fog is actually rolling into the hallways. Yeah, it's
0: a lot of it's a lot of fog. It's yeah. a lot.
1: Meanwhile, uh, Cheryl, if she wasn't pyrokinetic, I would be very, very concerned that she is trying to p- burn down Thornhill <laughs> again. Because the amount of candles—it's the
0: candle capital of the world. Oh
1: my gosh. She uh is trying to find uh, Mumsy because it's time for dinner, but she's nowhere to be found. So she has to go looking for her, and she finds her staring at Julian.
0: Julian slash Abigail gazing yes. upon it, and Cheryl, of course, fears the worst that this a uh, uh, cult monster of a mother is is has some plan for for this horrible artifact. So she takes this candelabra she's carrying, and- Pull-
1: blows out the the flame. Pulls the candle out and then bashes her mother's head in with the holder.
0: Reenacting her favorite scene from the film, Clue, uh, in order to knock her mother out.
1: It was the candlestick in the doll room?
0: In the doll room. Doll room. We'll go with that. It's the latest edition. Better
1: than the hay room. Especially (laughs) with all that fire.
0: Yeah, you cannot light this many candles in the hay room. (laughs) They're asking for trouble. (laughs)
1: Over at Pops, they got the generator running Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. And it's all going to power the big neon sign That's a lot of voltage, I gotta imagine
1: Yeah, yeah Um, And so they hug and they celebrate and that's it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So back over at Thornhill, uh, Penelope is waking up tied to a chair
0: At the banquet table Like The reason it took so long to get back to the two of them Is there was a lot of cooking to be done (laughs)
1: Nana's no, I don't know where Nana the fuck is. She's
0: cooking all the dinner.
1: So she's, mm, she's like, hey, mom, mumsy, do you feel that? Do you feel your body temperature getting hotter? Mm-hmm, Guess mm-hmm. what? I'm pyrokinetic and I'm going to burn you the fuck down.
0: It, you should now feel it like you're 112 degrees and it keeps going higher and higher up to 140. She should have been long dead. An internal temperature of 140, that, that's not a fever, that's cooking. She is dead. <laughs>
1: She's like, here's the deal. You used to be the dragon, and I was the maiden in the tower, but now I'm both. I'm the dragon and the maiden, and you shall feel my fiery wrath.
0: So Penelope's sweating, obviously, and also bleeding, and she pleads for her life, reminding reminding Cheryl that she came bearing gifts. <laughs> letters. Letters from Heather, her, her uh, uh, middle school friend slash crush.
1: Yes. She's like, you know, these letters are my offering to you. You know, that's why I'm here. And she's like, okay, fine, where are they?
0: May Mephistopheles have mercy on your soul. <laughs> what the fuck?
1: Uh, so meanwhile, Tabitha's on the ham radio sending a call out to the world that if you're you're out there and and you need shelter to get off at this exit and look for the sign because they have heat, they have light, they have water, they have food, you know... Because of this, like, eight-hour fog. It's
0: wet air. It's wet air. If you don't have food during the fog, it's because you didn't have food before the fog. <laughs> if you need water, just, like, stick your head out the window and, and open your mouth. This <laughs> fog is so thick.
1: If it's okay enough that you can drive and get to Pops, I bet you can get home.
0: It, w- it would be one thing if it were, like, a snowstorm. Yes. If it was something that was, like, blocking the roads for a number of days, and, and, like, people could be running out of supplies. Yeah. But able to, like, walk through the snow to Pops to, to share in their bounty. But it's fog. It's a single night of fog.
1: So, uh, meanwhile, over at Cheryl's, she is reading the letters, crying her eyes out.
0: There are so many letters. So, apparently, apparently. Uh, when when uh, Penelope forbade Cheryl and Heather from seeing each other ever again, and Heather moved out of town, Heather kept writing every single week, and from the number of letters, it seems like, for years. Yes. And Cheryl is pouring through them, thinking of, you know, the, the friendship, the, the relationship that was torn away, and who knows what her life could have been if she was affirmed at that age. Who knows where their relationship could have gone as, you know, they reached teen and adulthood, to to mourn what could have been. But what's really in these letters? Yeah. What's a seventh grader writing about Ice Age 2? Like,
1: what's in these letters? (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) Penelope is, like, begging for her forgiveness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, just please forgive me. You know, tomorrow when the fog lifts, I'll be gone. Just please give me your forgiveness before then.
0: So she could follow her path to Kung Fu enlightenment.
1: (laughs) So then, it's the next morning, and Mm -hmm. guess what? The fog is lifted. Jughead's voiceover is like, it gave clarity for a lot of us. And Kevin...
0: Kevin has fucked his way to a better place.
1: (laughs) So Kevin calls Fangs, and he's like, Hey, I'm sorry I didn't make it. If you want to discuss joint custody, like, I'm open to it. I've kind of had like a revelation and Fangs is like, so have I. I don't want to be fucking half a dad and I want to be raised with integrity and like, fuck you. I'll see you in court.
0: Fangs has decided to go to the mattresses on this one. Yes. He he is so hurt. He is so angry that this offer of what is on paper, the exact arrangement that they plan to have this baby in that Kevin left is no longer good enough. No. You, you leave, you stay gone, fuck you. We are bringing a judge into this. Go
1: into the mattresses.
0: You're doing the Meg Ryan punching mm, in your mm, mind, aren't you?
1: Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. 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 Like, you know what I mean? Go into the mattresses. Like, it's from the Godfather.
0: He ran Spain. He ran it.
1: <laughs> it's the best movie. It's so fucking <laughs> good. It also makes me really miss Borders. <laughs> I miss Borders so And they're so the much.
0: bad guy. And they're
1: the-, the bad guy, but you know what? I fucking miss borders. Who knew we would have a batter bad guy?
0: You've got Mail Too is is a Tom Hanks being dri- driven out of business by Amazon. Yes. If you just want to read books in a chill space, wait for the grand opening of Howling Pages,
1: Chicago's new graphic novel and uh independent comic book store.
0: Near near the corner of Milwaukee and uh which one? Mon- Montrose? Montrose. Milwaukee
1: and Montrose. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's right next door to a record store that also does community events, so there you go.
1: Yeah, lots of stuff going on. Uh, So, uh, Veronica is staring at the picture of Hiram mm-hmm. and calls Jay for some packing material.
0: Have we met Jay? Is Jay new?
1: I think Jay's the one that came into the office and was like, hey, we have a problem, and it was like the dead guy.
0: Jay is a practically anonymous office worker at Babylonium.
1: They've only showed him like once or twice. But, like, he's getting brought up so much this episode, it's like he's Hernando.
0: I wouldn't mention it if she didn't use his name on the intercom, if he just, like, buzzed, hey, get get me this stuff. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. And anyway, have Jay wrap up the picture. Yeah. You've got business business.
1: She's not going to let anyone else touch Daddy.
0: Don't Touch Daddy was one of the weirder board games from the 90s.
1: (laughs) It made the operation noise whenever you did... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was a favorite in emotionally distant homes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't Wake Daddy was the weirdest fucking game. <laughs> like, who the fuck... I'm trying to... Like, I never played it.
0: I don't know. Cootie was pretty weird.
1: I liked Cootie.
0: You just make a bug.
1: I liked Cootie.
0: Well, the bug is pretty cute.
1: I was really excited to see the giant ones at uh, Disney. Yeah, Toy Story Land. yeah Toy Story Like, Story they're Land. so cute. Yeah. I like that game.
0: The bathrooms in Toy Story Land are the best
1: part. You're <laughs> really cute. Uh, Tabitha and Doug are at Pops, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Alice comes on with Riverdale today, announcing Riverdale's new mayor, Percival Pickens.
0: So when when you have a, a brainwashed a, a super of the Council of Four, that gives you the ability to dissolve the Council of Four and just install yourself as mayor. That's a thing you can do.
1: Can you appoint yourself mayor? Though, like, I don't think you can appoint yourself.
0: We never really did get a good look at the the town uh, uh, charter that was drawn up at the end of last season. As
1: someone who works with governing documents mm-hmm. all the fucking time, yes, I don't think that's allowed.
0: <laughs> Maybe it was written to be allowed.
1: I'm pretty sure any legal counsel would be like, mm, no. <laughs>
0: But my question is, like, everybody is watching TV and reacting to this news and like, oh, that fiendish Percival. Now he's got even more power. But, like, does he? How is this functionally different from having three out of four votes? Now yeah. he has one out of one. It's yeah. the exact same thing.
1: Yeah. And Jughead's like, ah, so much for our coup.
0: <laughs> you can still do an actual coup. He's not bulletproof. You could just shoot him. Just shoot him. Yeah.
1: Just shoot him. Do you hear the people <laughs> sing, singing the songs of angry men? It is the music of a pe- What?
0: Yeah, I love the part in Les Miserables where they shoot the king.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Let's go shoot the king. Come on. Tabitha has to confess to Jughead. It's time to
0: come clean. The explosion and his deafness are both changeable things. They are not fixed points in time. However, they come with consequences.
1: Um, In one of the timelines, she did succeed in him not going deaf, but that meant he never got his superpowers, and the superpowers are one of the things that they need to defeat uh, Percival. Without them, it's like Jughead's superpowers are like the most powerful against Percival.
0: Because they're, they're both brain boys, and they work on the same wavelength, and that's a resource they're going to need for victory. Yes. See, see... Tabitha was a big fan of the show Heroes, so she's just time-jumping back and forth to see what has happened, what can be changed, what can't. Uh, uh, she basically just quotes Doctor Strange from, from the, the Avengers movies uh, in that she's seen things play out 1,384 times. Yes. But it's different from the Avengers because they won in two of
1: them. Yes. <laughs> So in all but two of them, there was nuclear winter. hmm But in those two, they did win, but Jughead dies.
0: Jughead also dies in the other 1382. Yeah. Jughead is headed for certain death in, in every timeline that Tabitha has yet
1: seen. Yes. And he's like, hey, it's okay. It's not the first time I've been destined to die.
0: And that's also why I'm not that interested. <laughs> I'm not interested in death as a consequence for any of our main characters in a show that's been renewed for like four more seasons by this point.
1: And where multiple people keep coming back from the dead.
0: <laughs> if, if somebody told me Tony had to die, I would be questioning like, oh, is she still really fed up with things from behind the scenes and wants to move on? She might actually die for good. Yeah. If Jughead dies, the show ends. That's, that's just the way that the audience is going to go. <laughs>
1: Uh, So, meanwhile, uh, Archie and Betty did make it to that convenience store and Mm -hmm. got a pregnancy test, which she peed on and is now sitting on their kitchen counter.
0: Lysol exists, calm down, but Betty is wearing this adorable kitty cat sweater. Yes. She's covered in caramels, which Uh, is something that happens to my sweaters sometimes.
1: And so they have a timer going until they can like look at the test. And well, this is the countdown's happening. Archie's all like, you know, I think this could be good for us. It could, it could be something good. Like no matter what happens, I'm here. Like I'm gonna be with you. And they look at it, and we cut to the credits.
0: Their faces are both saying, "I don't know how to read this."
1: Is that one line or two? <laughs> You should have got the one that says pregnant or not pregnant.
0: Archie doesn't know what the lines mean.
1: But yeah, that that's it. That's the episode.
0: That's it. This was slow. This this was a decompression episode. This was just people having feelings at each other episode, which I'm not used to having, except in the case of a finale. <laughs>
1: We lingered we, we like get, fog.
0: We get one of those at the end of every season, but now it's just happening because, I guess, you know, time travel adventures was so much, they had to pump the brakes. They had to act like a normal show for once.
1: They hung around and, like fog.
0: And, like, basically what I think about this episode is when it's with stories I like, I like it. And it's when it's with stories that I'm not invested in, I'm still not invested in it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Tabitha and Jughead's relationship, cool. I still really like them together. I like that the last thing we see of them is a wide shot of the Pops dining room and Tabitha up on tiptoes to give Jughead that hug. That's adorable. Yeah. I like the the small touches. Yeah. But don't try to act like you're, the show's invested in Kevin. No. It's episode 107. It's too late. It's too And when the only thing you can do is... Boy, he sure has had a lot of dangerous sex in the past. You've played that tune before. It's played out.
1: Yes. And guess what? Some of it was fine.
0: <laughs> if you want to give Kevin a plot, give him the one you promised at the end of season five. Let's follow him chasing his dreams. Yes. Do, do it. Deliver on your promise.
1: Yes. But no, we're not going to do that. It's not going to happen.
0: At least new terrible things could happen to Kevin.
1: Well, and that's the thing, like, I thought, okay, this so is the whole Percival mind control thing. That's mm-hmm, what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We haven't done shit with that. It's only, like, three seconds here or there to, like, move a plot thing around. Yeah,
0: they, they talk about him wavering in his support, but we don't see him wavering beyond planning to go to the meeting at Pops. Yeah. He's Maybe he's going as a spy. He'd be more interesting as a cackling, like, sidekick. Yeah. Or, yes, actually showing him struggle Again, like, replaying Reggie in season five. <laughs> I liked it then. I could like it again with, with, you know, Kevin trappings.
1: Yeah. It was, I guess, fog. It's fucking fog.
0: <laughs> I mean, there, there is something to that that they wanted to make a, an episode that was about keeping everybody at home. Keep, keeping everybody in their small groups to work out their small group things and with a quote-unquote danger that doesn't actually put anybody in danger. There is dread, there is worry, there is, like, the first couple notes of the Jaws theme, but there's no shark.
1: They could have just had, like, thunderstorms, like, really bad thunderstorms. That would make the power go out! (laughs) It would make sense.
0: But isn't there something atmospheric about fog? Like, literally?
1: So there were parts that were fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, Tabitha getting the shotgun, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, like, various little things where it was, like, this fear of it. And I think I wish they would have played more into that ridiculous fear.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: If they were going to do it, because it would have made it at least more fun, like, more yeah. of a goofy thing.
0: You, you can imagine a draft where uh, uh, chapter 107 in The Fog is partially about how living in this town and all that's happened to these characters has made them into paranoid freaks. Yes Like a shot of the, the mysterious figure on the street Maybe Betty just saw a guy taking his trash to the curb Well, And is frightened to her bones Because of everything that's happened in the past 106 chapters
1: And that actually would have been a really interesting episode Especially if the whole fog Like if it wasn't used as this plot point with Alice To make it a bigger deal If it was literally just this random weather girl being like We're gonna have some bad fog mm-hmm, And mm-hmm. then they're like oh my god
0: and, and you know, the, the ham radio guy, Tabitha, was only barely hearing. She was listening to half a conversation between that guy and somebody else about home renovations or something. Something completely innocuous he found under his bed, you know?
1: Well, it would have been funny, too, if they would have, like, figured out who it was and, like, rushed there and, like, yeah, there was a cat under our bed. Like, we don't know whose <laughs> cat this is. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, right? fully follow the the like decompression the the uh uh break intention before more percival stuff next week brings it back up again
1: oh they could have done it too with that where like the next day at pops like someone comes in to get coffee and they're talking to someone else and they're like yeah we had this raccoon in our house yesterday like i was trying to get in touch with yeah. the fire department to like capture it like i was using this ham radio and then she's like Oh, Oh, yeah. that would have been funny! Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. Or or maybe in the future, the dark, shadowy fog figure will be somebody. Maybe that was TBK come back to town. Chasing after this Betty lookalike that escaped him, perhaps after dismembering another corpse.
1: I don't know, I can't do that. Would it be like... That's more like... Yeah, turkey knife. That's that's more like the sound.
0: We love a turkey knife. Do you have any predictions, dear?
1: Yes. Yes. So the pregnancy test.
0: The pregnancy test. There's
1: two ways this could go.
0: It's not human. Okay, there's three ways this could go.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that one. But I had two two ideas. It might be a no. Uh-huh. which will cause a rift between them oh. because Archie will realize how much he wants a family and this will become a super focus for him and Betty will realize that's not what she wants.
0: Yes, she she is finally one big difference between Dale and Vale. Betty doesn't actually want kids.
1: Yes. <laughs> or she is pregnant but the baby got powers.
0: And those
1: powers are going to start affecting her from the womb
0: Like there are so many magic babies Yeah That get involved in superpower fights from inside the womb Yeah It's a weird thing to say, but it's true
1: (laughs) Yeah It's like if you're pregnant and there's superpowers involved
0: It was such like a super edgy mature thing For like comic book writers to do in the 90s and early 2000s Yeah Bell Torchica's children There you go
1: There you go So yeah, that's what I think Mm -hmm, Those mm -hmm. are my predictions.
0: What if, what if the Archie Betty baby, baby Barchie.
1: Baby Barchie.
0: Is something that Tabitha is not taking to account in her calculations, in her time stream surfing. And doesn't defeat Percival, but does some extra little thing which saves Jughead's life. Oh. Anyway, what's up with the idea that there's going to be nukes? Wait a minute, we kind of didn't dwell on that much,
1: so remember- but like
0: but like nukes?
1: Nuclear apocalypse. So remember how there was that military base? Yes. We went back with like the Mothmen and shit.
0: Yes, that I was so sure was related to the Mothmen.
1: It's going to come back.
0: There we go. They, they were just laying track way, way in advance. Yeah,
1: yeah. What if Percival is going to out their superpowers and the U.S. military is like, oh, we got to nuke them.
0: Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So that's what they would do if there were actual superpowers. They'd be like, we're going to nuke them.
0: And then the twins, Juniper and Dagwood, they grab everybody and they fly them out of the blast radius. Yeah. Because they've been able to fly since infancy. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Can we please, please fucking circle back on the twins having powers? Or, You're doing superpowers.
0: Or just existing. There's a lot of tension inside the Cooper home. Yes. How's that affecting the twins? Yeah. Just have somebody mention them. Even have Alice passively, aggressively, like, weaponize them against Betty. Just something. There are living children in this home.
1: Or have them come home to Betty and Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, how was your time with cousin uh cheryl and uh nana rose and like oh it was great nana rose had us in the hay room (laughs) and we were in something like you know they spew off whatever we were doing black magic and she's like oh that's nice go why don't you go have your snack and go to bed the
0: the twins are living with jelly bean somewhere else Cleveland? You, you think Jellybean stayed in Cleveland oh, after no. the time skip? Come she on. She went to
1: Sandusky. She, she works at Cedar Point.
0: She's hitchhiking across America.
1: Oh, I kind of like the idea for working at Cedar Point. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, yes, Jellybean Jones is a maverick. I believe this.
1: Yeah. She she uh is part of the Millennium Force crew that does that the high five.
0: She is not peppy enough to do. No, that. No, no. She she's alternative.
1: Okay. so. She works
0: on the Cedar Creek Mine Ride.
1: Right? Okay. <laughs> Or no, she likes, um, corkscrew because she likes people to feel pain.
0: Mmm, yes. Yes. Yeah. Now, darling, before we finish... Yeah. Some news came out several weeks ago that we just haven't found the time to talk about. And I don't think we can let it go any farther. Okay. The news has leaked on what Riverdale's season six uh, musical episode will be based upon.
1: Yes, it has.
0: We We floated this as an idea ages ago because... It's a musical whose whose book was written by one Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa. Who would have thought? So he's calling in his favors, I guess, uh, uh, ringing up his contacts so that Riverdale can have an episode that involves music from...
1: American Psycho.
0: American Psycho the Musical, met with somewhat significant success in its uh, uh, original London production in the mid-2010s. Kind of a Broadway flop.
1: Because it's too cool for Broadway. People didn't get it.
0: Exa- exactly. Prevailing wisdom is that it should have gone to off-Broadway to, to build an audience who's more willing to go with less aggressive, less confrontational work, less middle-brow. Yes. Uh, uh, and then build an audience to transition to Broadway. It didn't do that. It ran for like six weeks.
1: Yeah, that's not a thing you can just put on Broadway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can't. You have to have the cult following first. Because the people... That can afford to go to Broadway are suburban families.
0: Your audience is and
1: like high school field trips. And guess what? They're not taking the kids to see American Psycho. Your Your
0: audience is yes, uh, uh locals with money. Yeah. And tourists who saved up. Yeah. And and that really points you to an aggressively middle brow aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, American Psycho the musical is an adaptation of the book and movie, of course. Uh, some of the names that got changed for the movie are restored in the musical to, to their novel original So like the main guy who gets murdered His last name is different if you're only familiar with the film No, oh. But it is in broad strokes the same story A, a hyper image obsessed yuppie in the land of hyper image obsessed You know Wall Street executive yuppies mm-hmm. That does many many brutal and sadistic murders Yeah but in the end, did he really? Ooh, ambiguity
1: And the original production mm-hmm. had Matt Smith Yes From Doctor Who So and if, other things
0: So if you want to look up the cast album, which you should I honestly enjoy the music very much You're, you're going to hear our titular American psycho Trying very hard to sound American <laughs> Through all the songs No cologne on the face ever as the high alcohol content dries out your skin and makes you look
1: old. It shouldn't be that hard because most British people like sound American when they say
0: He gives a good performance in a bad accent. Yeah, There's no two ways around it.
1: And they didn't make a recording when it was here because it didn't last long enough.
0: Yes. I'm very curious how this is going to be used for a few reasons. First off. This show is mostly original music, but it's about, like, a quarter jukebox musical. There's a lot of 80s new wave hits, including a number of songs that are famously mentioned in the source material. Yeah. Like, my favorite version of Everybody Wants to Rule the World ever is from American Psycho the musical.
1: (laughs) So right now, it seems like this has to somehow have something to do with TBK.
0: I can definitely see that.
1: But like, how much longer are we dragging this out?
0: And how do these themes of shallow, wealthy society gel with a guy who covers himself in trash bags and puts people down a a dirt hole?
1: Right? Like, I don't understand. Like, okay, if, if- Chad was still alive Yes We could do this Yes I don't understand how it works now
0: And and with as very little as we've seen of Percival's, like, philosophy It doesn't jive with him either Certainly not his M.O.
1: Well, and, like, the only other thing I could think of would be, like They could use it for, like, a flashback episode
0: Mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm But... They could do an 80s theme. We've never done an 80s episode.
1: What would the story be? Like, I guess what also makes it a little bit more confusing, like, they've always, you know, crossed the line of, like, it's just a show or it's now the episode, Yeah, right?
0: We've used the the music in different ways every year, at least slightly different. Yeah,
1: and, like, the last one was so incredibly the story of the episode, Mm -hmm. which is why I think I'm having such a hard time trying to figure out, like, Well, how are you going to do this? Yeah,
0: I mean, maybe we're going back to high school style, Uh, high school season style. They're just putting it on as a show. Mm -hmm. Why are they putting on a show and why are they putting on this show? Yeah. But even Carrie the Musical, the episode, (laughs) did further the plots and run parallel with the characters, at least, you know, a few few of the more significant uh, uh, castings, and end with... A carry tribute ending of a real murder. R.I.P. Midge. I still miss you.
1: Yes. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do.
0: Another question I have, in addition to, will they license the licensed music or just do the original oh. music for the show? That's a good like, question. are those separate licenses that they are gonna want to deal with or not? Is a lot of the songs, as you might expect from American Psycho the musical, involve just. Listing designer brands rhythmically to a tune?
1: Chanel, or Giorgio or Norma So will they be Riverdale brands yeah, yeah. or real brands? Will we talk about glamour J eggs Yes. sort of thing? This
0: is what I need to know. I need to know if we're shopping at Stacy's or Macy's.
1: And we don't know, as of right now, when the musical episode's going to be. They have not given any, like, indication.
0: Don't know how far away we are in episode count. Which is why it's so hard to predict how exactly it's going to be used. Because, yeah, if we're taking the thematic elements, the, the feelings communicated by the songs, they don't match up to anything going on in the show right now.
1: Or, like, anyone that you would have the perspective be on. Yeah. In the show. Yeah. Because I could see you twisting it for like certain, I guess I could see somehow maybe personal. I don't really know there. But like, again, Chad, if he was still alive, like various things, like people in the past, like, oh, if it would have been then, I could see them somehow trying to twist it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Chad is very much the type. Like, I'm sure the the character of Chad was based on everyone but Patrick Bateman in that movie. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. But I, I don't know. We will find out We'll find out Together
0: I do recommend people check out the music It's good It's a lot of fun The Sri Lanka song is very funny Apartheid for one Is simply not done And we need to slow down the arms race I've had people try to talk like politics and serious topics Just like that too many times in my life At too many parties
1: Especially when they're like Oh you're a political science major Yes doesn't mean you want to talk about it.
0: It doesn't mean I want to hear you list things you pretend to care about to feel smarter than other people. <laughs> but I'm excited. I'm, I'm more curious than I am excited, but like excited is in the mix.
1: I am more interested in this than last year's. Because they didn't pick a fun one. They, they didn't pick one that had anything fun in it.
0: You think they thought of it as a mistake in the end, that they they went with a musical that didn't have a movie, that they had to, like, explain the story of at the top?
1: It was a weird choice. (laughs) It was a weird choice for the show. It was a weird choice for their audience.
0: I still maintain it was a weird choice that paid off, though. I I did really enjoy the Next to Normal episode a great deal.
1: I did enjoy it. I still think it's a really weird choice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things that, like probably really appeals to certain people who watch the show, like us, and definitely missed the mark on the majority of the people who watch the show, who are like, "What the?
0: Why aren't they drinking blood or whatever? (laughs) Yeah. Those same people probably hated this week.
1: I mean, I often wonder why they're not just drinking blood.
0: (laughs) But again, if we're now moving into a phase where Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa is calling in those favors... And getting the show to to have musical episodes based on shows he worked on. Uh-huh. Season 7, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark.
1: I mean, why isn't that this year? We have superpowers. Come
0: on. Come on. I want to see Reeve Carney die.
1: I want to see Reeve Carney do anything. <laughs> Dying's fine, too. But, like, not, not really. But, like, in thing. He's great. I like him.
0: He's a fun little guy. He, he... Clearly loved being Riff Raff in that. He
1: was amazing as Riff Raff.
0: Fox TV movie version of Rocky Horror.
1: I will watch that version again for him. And
0: him alone. And And him alone. Some of the production design. The production design was pretty fun.
1: Not much else makes me want to rewatch that. But him? (laughs) Oh my God.
0: Also Columbia. Yes. Because again, I really like that actor
1: (laughs) in a lot of other things. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like Kinky Boots on Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, we will be keeping our finger on the pulse uh, uh, as far as American Psycho, the musical, the Riverdale
1: episode. Yes,
0: uh, as as well as everything that is to come in this super powered foggy town.
1: So foggy, so dangerous. The fog.
0: Although this reminds me, we kind of forgot to talk about the future. Oh yeah. The- in more immediate terms, next week's episode is chapter 108, Ex Libris, which is not the name of a wide-release movie. There is a documentary about the New York public library system called Ex Libris. Oh. But I think they're just going for the word that is printed on book plates and is sometimes used as a term to mean bookplate.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, what we know... Um, sorcery
0: There is sorcery in the trailer Percival is doing it He is doing dark sorcery to, I think, scare people with visions of their past?
1: Archie sees a zombie er, zombie ghost Miss Grundy in the music room
0: Which is what leads me to make that conclusion I said a second ago Yeah, uh, mostly the trailer is just people standing around looking anxious, though
1: Cheryl sees a figure under a black satin sheet hmm. Mm-hmm. It could just be Nana
0: It, it could be Britta she, she ran away from home again uh, uh, Veronica is involved uh, She, the, the new Core Four, Cheryl took her place by the way uh, <laughs> Are standing around looking into a uh, Fireplace at one point So yes, Veronica is actually in the A-plot For once
1: Percival threatens everyone And then also says, aim for her head
0: He says to a shotgun wielding Policeman Yes And that's it. That's the trailer pretty uh, uh, thoroughly, I would say, for once. Yes. So yeah, we will be back talking about that, uh, uh, which is to say, chapter 108, Ex Libris, next week.
1: Yeah, yeah. And if you want
0: to hear me talk about something way weirder than this week's episode for darn sure, you should head over to Bizarre Podcast, Dogs Must Die. Again, that is the show where my friend and I talk about the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure anime adaptation. We have just launched our our episodes on Part 5, Golden Wind, wherein um, a magic boy who is the son of a vampire uh, decides to become the greatest mafioso that ever lived So that people will stop selling drugs to kids. Okay. And it involves him turning one of his teeth into a jellyfish so he can drink pee. Okay. Again, way weirder than the Fog episode. (laughs) When this comes out, we're only two episodes into part five, so you can uh, jump in on on the uh, uh, ground floor there. Or, if you love backlogs, that's what parts one through four are. Just just waiting for you.
1: Uh, And if you like this show... You can leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to our podcast.
0: Please do that. I say it every week. And uh, uh, so earlier this week, I had a moment where I, I wasn't up to anything else. So I decided, hey, I'm going I'm to do that thing. And I left five star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. For to us? I, I think eight shows I really like. Oh. Doing it for us kind of felt like cheating.
1: <laughs> but I mean, you could leave me a five star review.
0: I will do that.
1: You could give yourself a bad review. I
0: give I will me. not do that.
1: <laughs> you do not have to leave me a review.
0: I will. I will do that for your birthday.
1: For my birth Oh, I got to wait a whole year.
0: Well, no, it's like how your Christmas present came in the mail this past weekend. I'll give you your birthday present now. It's not nearly as late.
1: It's okay. It was a nice it, it was like Christmas all over again cuz I forgot about it. <laughs>
0: So yeah, why not give us a little bit of Christmas in May in the form of a rating and review on Apple Podcasts.
1: I didn't even get to open it. You opened the box that came in.
0: You didn't know it was for you.
1: But you could have left it in. And then been like here And then I could open the box I didn't even get to open it
0: I wasn't 100% certain that's what it was Until I opened it I
1: never get to unwrap presents Because
0: the tracking information said it was still In route to the shipper Like
1: <laughs> One day I'll unwrap a present <laughs>
0: I'm joking <laughs> I guess that's the last time I buy you Concert tickets
1: you can Put a bow on them <laughs> They're all digital these days In a box, put a little note that says "I got you tickets," and then Mm -hmm, wrap it up mm -hmm. with the cute shark Christmas paper.
0: We do have pretty cute shark Christmas paper. See, we've totally, we've totally lost our groove.
1: You can also tell a friend, and you can follow us on Twitter at sex underscore Archie. (laughs) So, with that, I'm Elena.
0: I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie,
1: cootah down.